Limit Break Radio. Limit Breaking News. www.limitbreakradio.com Hey everybody, it's Nero coming at you with another Limit Breaking News. This is our E3 wrap-up and joining me via Skype is Kahlo and of course our convention correspondent Max V. Welcome to the show, guys. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Just got done with a bunch of Peacock charm runs. BCNMs, yes. Always fun. And Max, uh, of course, you being out at uh, E3, how was the convention this year? Wow. Um, different, for starters, but still lots of fun. I had a great time. Well, fantastic. I'm, I'm sure that it is the... Uh, one of the great events in video gaming, and of course, you know, all the greats showcasing uh, some uh, great premiere videos from a lot of the different video game studios. But uh, of course, what we're here to talk about is uh, is Wings of the Goddess and Final Fantasy XI. Uh, now, just real quick, why don't we talk about uh, E3 itself? There were some access cutbacks this year, so it was, as you said, it was a lot different from uh, previous years. Uh, you want to talk about that a, a little bit? And uh, explain how it was different? Okay. For starters, E3 has always supposed to have been a invitation-only event. But in previous years, individual people applied for those invitations. So if you knew someone whose second cousin's uncle worked in the gaming industry, you basically had an in that could get you into E3. This year, however... E3 changed the entire format. Instead, um, there was no application for the invitations. Invitations were just sent out as E3 felt necessary. So the attendance for E3 this year went from about 60,000 from last year to, say, 5,000. Wow. Wow, indeed. Holy crap. So uh, a lot of those lines to, you know, the playable demos down on the floor, I, I'm assuming that the lines were uh, much, much shorter this year. Oh, yeah. And even that aside, the entire outlay of E3 was changed. In past years, E3 has been in just a big convention center. This year, uh, E3, um, the demo and booth area, which is where I was working, was in a smaller more compact area and then all of the press conferences qa sessions that kind of stuff was in hotel conference rooms all around santa monica and they've never done it like that before uh now max you were there as a part of the rockstar booth right yeah um i work for them i've gone and worked at their e3 booth this is my third year working for them at e3 so um it was really good to be back and my role this year was different but as always, I had a, a great time. Well, wonderful. And, uh, of course, lots of information about lots of different games uh, across the board being released and premiered at E3. A lot of trailers. And uh, Wings of the Goddess is is no different. Uh, there was a trailer that was first released on GameSpot.com, which uh, was all of a minute long. And... Uh, it was interesting, uh, and in fact, actually, the thing that I liked most about it was uh, was the music. And uh, actually, that trailer was actually incorporated into a longer official trailer that Play Online has released on their official Wings of the Goddess website. You can check that out at www 
playonline.com slash FF11US slash Altana. They've got all of the promotional screenshots that were released of the upcoming Wings of the Goddess expansion as, of course, uh, both trailers. Now, what did you guys think of uh, the trailer that was released for E3? Well, it should be noted uh, that the only difference between the trailer on GameSpot and the trailer on the official site was a bunch of flashbacks from missions from the original Final Fantasy XI, Sail Art, Chains of Promathia, and TOAU. So it's nothing we haven't seen before. Well, most of us anyway. I do want to point out, though, at the very, very end, there was a little bit different uh, a difference between the GameSpot and the official trailer. Uh, the official trailer has a uh, has a nice walkout shot of Sandoria. Oh yeah, into Ronfour. That's right, I forgot about. Yes, and and the large mob of these cool-looking armored orcs. Probably the coolest shot in the trailer. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely. And if you haven't seen the trailer, it's worth checking out. Again, uh, you know, go to the website. We'll we'll have uh, links to uh, all of the the sites mentioned here uh, posted in a uh, show notes portion along with the show, and you can check that out at uh, our website www.limitbreakradio.com, and uh, just go to the listen tab. And with this segment, you'll be able to take a look at the show notes and all of the links. Uh, provided there for you. Now, there were three big interviews that uh, happened at E3 uh, for Wings of the Goddess, and those happening at 1UP.com, FFXcyclopedia.com, and Alakazam.com. And uh, let's take a look at all of the information that was released through uh, each of these interviews. Now, the first one happening at 1UP.com that was uh, conducted by James Mielke. And, of course, he was interviewing Koichi Ogawa, who is the uh, Treasures of Ot Ergon and the now Wings of the Goddess director, uh, Hiromichi Tanaka, the longtime Square veteran and also Final Fantasy XI producer, uh, Sage Sundi, who of course is the global online producer for Final Fantasy XI, and uh, Yasu Kurosawa, who is the North American online producer, and all of the translating was provided by Koji Fox. Uh, so there was a lot that was revealed in these interviews, and the, the first notable thing is that the setting is going to be in the past. Woot, go More Crystal specifically, War. the past during the Crystal War, which was probably most people's suspicions in the first place. Yeah, with uh, with the first trailer, that was the idea, uh, time travel going back. Uh, but uh, will we actually be able to take part in the Crystal War? That has not been released or talked about yet. Um, when you uh, think about it, too, time travel is a big both movie and video game thing. Uh, the way that I've always pictured it happening, though, is that we most likely will take part in pretty big events, which then that will end up shaping how the future turned out. So, And honestly, story-wise, it's the only thing that would make sense, because as we've progressed through the game, the Crystal War is really the only reference to the past that we've ever gotten. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, of course, being the most notable event in Von Adil's history, it seems uh, pretty appropriate to, uh, to set it in that period. So it'll be interesting to go back and see what they detail and uh, reveal in the, uh, the new expansion. Uh, they also said that there's going to be a new large-scale city uh, on par with Ot Ergon, or Juno, used to be. So that'll be interesting. Uh, see how the population will uh, gravitate 
gravitate toward that area as they did to Ot Ergon. And uh, I think a lot of it is going to depend on some of these new large-scale battle systems. And, of course, uh, the one-up interview talking about some of the new large-scale battle systems that are supposed to be, like, besieged. They asked if besieged was a test for this new system that they're putting into the new expansion. And they said it wasn't really a test, but they have learned a lot from Besieged, and they're definitely going to take that new information and put it into this new system that they're coming up with. They said it will be similar to Besieged. They're just going to adjust both the physical space and the idea, so maybe the actual goal, like what you have to do to finish the event. Yep, uh, precisely, and uh, I really enjoy doing Besieged. I, I love them when they happen, and so any large-scale battle system uh, like that is uh, is always going to be fun. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see now how players will spend their time and, uh, you know, where the Astral Candescence will go as a result, and will the Ot Ergon areas start to see uh, a decline in population in favor of uh, the new Wings of the Goddess areas. So it'll be interesting to see the balance uh, between the expansion areas. So uh, that'll be definitely something to think about and to, to see what the future holds. Uh, now, something else that they uh, talked about is that it's going to contain the same economy. Uh, now, one can only think that, uh, you know, this new large city that's supposed to be on par with Ot Ergon or Juno, uh, we can only assume that possibly the auction house will be connected to the to the same systems as you know those of Ot Ergon and Juno although you know how they're going to explain that is a is a little bit beyond me but it'll be interesting Moogles. to see who knows Moogles. the answer to everything Moogles. They, okay. they they have it all actually something i'm kind of curious is about is um all the auction houses that aren't in one of the four main cities have always been connected to one of those auction houses. So will the auction house in this new area be connected to one, most likely Juno, or will it be entirely separate? And if it is, it'll be really interesting to see how it turns out. Because I know the only really reliable auction house is the Juno one, or the uh, one connected to it. Of course. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to connect it to our current economy and uh, you know what that's going to uh, have in store for the future of our economy. And if it is connected to the Juno, uh, obviously if you compare the auction house tax in Ot Ergen to the one in Juno. If you're printing up expensive items, you definitely want to go to Juno, so who knows how outlandish the new auction house may be as far as that goes. Uh, they also talked about uh, expanding the usefulness for the Linkshell community site and... You know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what uh, more additions they're going to make. Of course, the uh, latest update to that, you can uh, see what an individual player is currently equipping and, and get those stats. Uh, so that was a really neat addition. And, uh, it, you know, what's difficult is, and this was uh, brought up in one of the interviews, is that a lot of Link Shells already have pre-established websites and forums and kill point uh, systems. So uh, how much more... More of that will they need to incorporate to try to bring some people into uh, the Link Shell community system. And uh, you know, in one of the interviews, they also said that some of the their best and most direct feedback comes from the Link Shell community system. So trying to increase the usefulness is definitely uh, a step in the right direction to try to bring people in. And uh, hopefully as a result, they can get some direct feedback data from what we provide them with. Yeah, Square Enix did recognize that the whole system just came a little bit late. I mean, the game was 
four years old when they introduce the whole system and that and they also recognize that it's just not easy to use at least for north american players they said this is because the whole system is based on a japanese bulletin board system which a lot of american players aren't used to uh they do hope to adjust that so that players worldwide can choose what system they use and hopefully attract more people to the actual system itself as a link shell owner in the past um i, I haven't gotten enough people to sign up to use it but the ones that i have it has become very easy planning specific uh events for the link shell such is ZM or COP runs because you can see exactly what jobs different people have without trying to get a hold of them individually. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, some of the other things that uh, have been very useful is to try to find events that are open to a public that link shells would want additional attendance or what have you. And, uh, you can you can really find some interesting and fun things to do. I know that I've found salvages that people have posted up there that you know looking for members and uh, all kinds of other things. So uh, it's real interesting to see if they can expand on that and make it even easier to use. Uh, another interview that was uh, conducted by our good friend Ghani Man of FFXcyclopedia.org, now also .com, uh, which is really cool. Uh, he also sat down with Kochi Ogawa here. Michi Tanaka, Sage Sundi, and Yasu Kurosawa, and uh, it was also translated by Koji Fox. And uh, some more information that was released in this interview, and in the first interview, in the one-up interview, we didn't mention this, but uh, they did mention the addition of a, at least a new job, but they confirmed in the FFX Cyclopedia interview that we will be getting more than one new job with the Wings of the Goddess expansion. Now, this, of course, is huge news. So the question is... What jobs do you want to see? I honestly couldn't say. The, the new jobs they released in the last expansion were just so quirky, and they didn't really seem to have a set functional role like the old jobs did. It, except for maybe Blue Mage, but even that's kind of so-so, at least and, in my and, opinion. And very unique in, in its aspects for gameplay. Yeah, no, not to say that they aren't worthwhile in leveling. Go level Puppet Master! <laughs> uh, I think when when uh, debating what types of jobs are going to be released too, it's really the only thing we can do is look to past Final Fantasies and, and look at what types of jobs we haven't got yet because everything that we do have has uh, been inspired by or came from something else. I mean, obviously we've never had a Corsair as a job, but we've had luck-based type roles. So one that I'm holding out for is Geomancer. Something that uses the, you know, specific elements or even gets bonuses from the days more so than, you know, what black mages might get for using a fire spell on fire day. Yeah, one thing I've noticed is Square Enix is really, really hesitant to announce whether or not they're releasing a new tank job, which, as far as I'm concerned, is pretty much just confirmation that they are. If they weren't, I think they'd just flat out say no. Yeah, uh, I was going to say a lot of people have been clamoring for a new tank job for a long time. And uh, some of the ideas that have been thrown around, I know uh, that one of them is uh, Viking from uh, Final Fantasy III. I personally think that that would be an interesting choice. Somebody that uh, could uh, make really, really good use of uh, axes, dual-wielding axes, something like that. So, uh, you know, who knows? It it'll be interesting to, to see, you know... 
what the future holds for the game as far as uh, you know jobs and job adjustments. And they did talk a lot about job adjustments and uh, nothing specific, but uh, they do plan on balancing what they feel balancing the game uh, as far as job roles and, in a party and uh, in the game overall. So, again, not not much was uh, revealed, but uh, it sounds like they have some ideas for uh, some new things coming up in the future. Viking Anero, honestly, say, can you imagine what... the AF for that job? Oh, it would be awesome. Come I on, say, I would <laughs> level Viking. That's so metal. Just as just what Anero needs is a giant helmet with whatever spikes or whatever the heck it has on it. More horns, more things yeah. with spikes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's never going to touch Munker again now. And yet now. he won't wear his AF head, which has spikes already, but whatever. Well, no, hey, if I get my plus one, I'll wear that, gladly. That's because of all the heckling I give him of them looking like little cow horns. Yeah, you do. They said in the interview also that there will be more assault-like areas, and uh, Gunning Man asking specifically uh, if there were going to be areas and events aimed at smaller groups, three to four people, and uh, you know there are some uh, assaults that only you know require you know smaller amounts of people to complete. Uh, so it looks like more assault-like uh, activities, and of course they'll probably put their uh, Square Enix twist. Uh, like they do on everything and make it uh, a little bit more unique. Now, they also said that there is uh, no planned rank increase. Those uh, ranks that have been hidden in the DAT files for so long, it doesn't look like we're going to be getting any of those with uh, the Wings of the Goddess expansion. But uh, who knows? You know, that, that may change. That may change in the future. Eh, eh, who knows? Anyway, um, another question that was asked by Ghaniman was uh, the significance of ancient currency. And they didn't really expand on this, but I think it's a good question. Uh, and I wish that they had uh, expanded on it more. More. Uh, because a with ancient currency, the only uh, current method to get that is through Diamus. So if there could be uh, an increase in ancient currency with the new Wings of the Goddess expansion, we could see a, a significant amount of relics popping up here and there. I honestly hope they don't. Do you know how hard it is to get that stuff? And people don't want to use that to buy other stuff. People want to use that to upgrade their relics. Uh, well, see, when Ghani asked the question, you know, he did ask if we would spend, if we would be spending ancient currency in the past. And um, I don't, obviously, I, I think that that's not much of a great idea because people want that for their relics. But perhaps introducing a alternate way to obtain ancient currency in the past might be cool. But even though I don't, I don't have a relic yet, I'd rather there not be. Absolutely. I don't think it's going to be, you know, something like you're going to be walking around and, and being able to farm it like candy, but uh, uh, maybe another alternate way to obtain them uh, would be a uh, an interesting thing. So it's it's interesting, uh, you know, what they might have planned for the future. So, And if they uh, do, the exchange rate better be substantial, because I know a one-bind bill goes for like 8k a pop on my server. We'll see. You know, we may get to a point where one bind bill may be 1K, so, uh, you know, you never know. Yeah, but then that'll make it too easy to upgrade relics. Indeed. So uh, it, it all depends. You know, how many people do that? Does Square Enix want 
uh, having relics, I guess, is the big question. And, uh, of course, that'll be up to them to decide. I'm sure that there will be a lot of people clamoring for another way to obtain ancient currency. So, uh, uh, Also, uh, they said that hopefully there will be the addition of the pit in the next update. They didn't say when the next update is coming, uh, but uh, they did outline what the pit is uh, in their uh, 2007 Square Enix party wrap-up. And uh, Yes, they did. You know, maybe not what everyone was thinking, uh, uh, but it'll definitely be uh, an interesting system. And, of course, we'll have a closer look at that when it's uh, released and more details uh, have been released about it. Although, no word about the Colosseum. It seems like maybe the Colosseum's functionality will be geared towards PvP, so... Uh, you know what I'd like to see from it is some uh, some of that FFF-style reels where you defeat one battle, and then the next battle, you randomly get some type of handicap placed on you. Oh, that would be interesting. Heck Something yeah. like uh, Final Fantasy VII Casino sort of thing. Ex especially if, if you're also able to go in and watch the battles in real time take place... That you would be a, very cool. You that know, would be you, very cool. You see a flippin' oh. paladin get to the last round, and all of a sudden they take his armor away? Heck yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, another thing that another thing that Aniro and Callow are going to want to bet on. Oh, that, yes, and of course, <laughs> no mention about Chocobo betting, but uh, there mm -hmm. was some talk about uh, Chocobo and, uh, you know, the possibility of uh, acquiring armor through Chocobo racing. Um, and being able to watch the races. Oh, that, yeah. Being able to actually go in and watch the races, I think, is really cool. Yes, I think that'll be a very cool addition uh, to the Chocobo racing system and, and definitely more of an incentive to uh, participate in the Chocobo racing system. So, Gunny Man made sure to ask about the windowed mode that was uh, promised back uh, in the uh, Premier Site Summit. And uh, they said that the major problem is uh, that they're trying to convert uh, the game up to DirectX 9 uh, compatibility. And uh, that's probably going to happen around the time that Wings of the Goddess is released. So uh, we can uh, look forward to it uh, then. Uh, Ghani Man made sure to uh, throw in a question in there about absolute virtue, uh, which got a kind of a kind of a funny response uh, from from the Square Enix crew. Uh, he said, D "Never ask about absolute virtue," but uh, there there were some interesting questions that Ghani Man asked about absolute virtue. Yeah, I think absolute virtue is one of the few nms where you can brag not if you've beat him but if you've died to him absolutely yeah it's uh it's such an accomplishment to get to him in the first place so i know that absolute virtue has owned me twice and wow <laughs> wow you're so lucky <laughs> get past cop25 and then you can do it too <laughs> ha, 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 ha. very funny yeah we envy your xp decay so much max <laughs> no, never is there uh, a better way to die than at the hand of absolute virtue I, I thought that it was interesting in uh, the uh, interview that Pico did which we'll get to in a minute though um, the way that they worded their response they say that obviously when they first designed it it was never meant to be undefeatable and that back at the Tokyo Game Show they gave hints that, uh, you know, a lot of people took it as, you know, if you use this elemental spell on the element of the day, it stops the regen. Or depending on how many of JOL's little pets you kill, it stops the regen. But then, you know, in these interviews, they kind of hint that it has something more to do with the mobs around Absolute Virtue, not necessarily the ones that JOL summons before him. Yeah, um... 
and that aside, every direct hint they gave was related to his Regan. And I mean, honestly, his Regan is just a small part of the puzzle when it actually comes to beating him. If you have Meteor and Comet cast on you simultaneously, his Regan is the last thing on your mind. Absolutely. And uh, another reason that this might be a little bit harder for the FF11 community to, to grasp, too, is I know in other MMOs, when it comes to bosses and instances in dungeons, there's more to the fight than just the fight itself. There's prereqs that you have to do that locks up certain abilities, and if Absolute Virtue is the first taste of that, that we're getting, then, you know, uh, we might be a little bit ignorant to pick up on it at first. And you have to keep in mind that when they gave those hints during Tokyo Game Show last year, it was still possible to lock his two hours. Yeah, very interesting, and uh, it'll be interesting to, to see what the strategy uh, to beating Absolute Virtue is in. Uh, they also said in Ghani Man's interview that at the next fan festival, they'll have a development team to beat Absolute Virtue, and uh, maybe some videos. So uh, uh, that, was, that was another big, big, big announcement, is that uh, we are going to, yes, get another U.S. fan festival this year. Don't know where and don't know when, uh, but when we know, you will know. And uh, definitely looking forward to the fan festival, especially if they're going to try to be absolute virtue there. It'll be interesting to see what uh, method they use and, you know, if there's going to be a big aha moment between everyone. But, uh, you know, Gunny Man also asked uh, if, if they thought that it, the dev team would win or not. And uh, they said no, no comment, comment to that. Yeah. So uh, who knows? It, it might be a very interesting match to see and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, uh, the U.S. Fan Fest. So. I can picture it now. The entire development team just getting owned by absolute virtue, just like all the other parties have, and just watching their expression and their hearts sink. <laughs> the whole room just gets kind of quiet for a minute and everyone just sort of shuffles out in silence. Oh, that would be too funny, but uh, it'll be definitely very interesting to uh, to see what happens at the FanFest and, and definitely looking forward to it. Uh, they also announced that there's going to be Relic for the three new jobs. Very cool. Yes. Don't don't know how we're going to get it yet. That still hasn't been revealed, but uh, it's not going to be Dynamis. That's all they're going to say. Uh, Ghani Man included an interesting question about uh, the usefulness of the throwing skill and if they're going to be increasing the usefulness of that. And uh, they said that they'd like to and that they're looking into it, uh, but nothing again, nothing, nothing too specific as to what's coming out in the future. Uh, they did talk about, and this is very cool. This way, this is what got me most excited. Of course, uh, they're planning on uh, possibly adding new modifications to two-handed weapons and trying to increase their usefulness. You know, using that second slot. I don't know how they're going to do that, uh, in what fashion. But hey, you know Keychain. what? Anything that'll uh, increase the usefulness of, of my nice, big, awesome sword is uh, is definitely a plus. Kind of makes me wish that my endgame Link Shell would let me sub Samurai on my warrior so I could use my Great X. But they're like, why aren't you subbing Ninja? Go sub Ninja! You, you can't come in to see with us until you go sub Ninja. That's too bad, but, you know, who, who knows? Maybe the, uh, you know, the increased usefulness will be enough that uh, they'll start encouraging it. 
Now, also, uh, Ghani Man also recently appeared in an episode of uh, Pet Food Alpha, their new episode uh, 57. And, of course, you can check out their website, www.pfa.bethegamer.com. I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet, but uh, I'm very anxious to uh, you know to see what Ghani Man's thoughts were of E3. So they were doing their big E3 wrap-up, so definitely make sure to check that out if you want more information straight from Ghani Man. So let's take a closer look at uh, Pico's interview with uh, some key members of the Final Fantasy XI development team. All right, well, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of stuff that obviously um, is universal, and a lot of it was both asked and answered in 1UP's interview as well as Ghani Man's. But some of the stuff that, that stood out, and the first thing, too, that I've seen that uh, actually piqued my interest a little bit, because I've been considering doing some beast mastering lately, but they asked if there was going to be any changes to the Beastmaster job specifically. Um, and, you know, they said that uh, they're, they don't want to be too quick to change the, uh, the Beastmaster job because uh, they don't want to upset people or whatnot, but um, I think that we might be looking at maybe some new Jug Pets or, uh, you know, some other new abilities for them to use, and also Puppet Master was asked again too. They mentioned that, uh, you know, Puppet Master was originally intended, or so we thought, to be another solo job, but uh, some people are finding it a little bit difficult to utilize uh, this form of fighting in its current state, and they said that something will happen to Puppet Masters very soon, but that's about it. Also, they mentioned too, uh, they talked about how when they introduced Sanction uh, and the experience bonus, everyone flooded to Ergens for obvious reasons, and now all the other zones are being left barren, and if this was their original intent, they said that Sanction was obviously uh, used to help shuttle people over there quicker and help diversify the area, but it sort of had more of an effect than they had originally intended, and so in the future, they will be trying to do something that fixes that and gets people to go back to the older areas as well as the newer Ot Ergen areas. Oh, so more additions and uh, adjustments to Signet then? Uh, that's what it's looking like, yeah. Uh, definitely would be a, <laughs> be a lot nicer than it's like, okay guys, what are our camp choices? Kedarva, Nizul. I know that every time I try to drag a party to Babiki Bay, they go all squirrely on me. Oh, I know. Man, Babiki Bay is such a great place too. I know, and now that nobody's there, it's even better. <laughs> I, exactly. I merit, oh my gosh, I merited in Face Meadows. It was the best merit party I've ever had. Really? It was very awesome. Cool. Huh, right, very well, cool. Nice. Um, obviously, uh, another question that was brought up too is, Iyengar is too hard, slash wrists. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and actually, more specifically too, there was one link shell um, that Pico mentions has cleared the first wing completely two times and only seen one abjuration drop. So not only do we... You know, are we concerned that uh, INGR is too hard, but what about the drop rate? And uh, very specifically, too, you know, they made mention that INGR and the abjuration drop rates was not introduced to make abjurations more common. It was simply introduced to give people a different alternative than just standing around trying to outcamp RMTs on all the grands and the worms. So they said that there, you know, right now there isn't any plans for changing things such as the drop rate or the uh, the difficulty of Ionjar, but you know obviously they will keep an eye on it and if some reevaluations are necessary then said actions will be taken. And uh, obviously another 
uh, high point when it comes to you know the new expansion and endgame stuff is when on Ergen came out, we got the Chimera, Cerberus, and Hydra, more H&Ms. And so it was asked if we're going to see any H&Ms along with game-altering items such as Riddle or Bayako's Hayate dropping from these NMs. Now, obviously, as always with Wings of the Goddess questions, they can't say anything specific, but there is a good chance that we're going to get a lot of new challenges out there that will be difficult to get but make a big impact on the games as far as drops go. Uh, they also go on to say, too, that with the addition of these new H&Ms, you know, what they're looking to do is spread out how people are camping. I mean, right now, it seems like everyone's always in Dragon's Airy or, you know, uh, Behemoth's Domain, and, uh, you know, everyone's camping the same thing. So they're hoping that with the addition of these new NMs, you know, older players will move on, older Link Shells will move on to these newer H&Ms, opening up a little bit of space right here, and basically just sort of spreading people out a little bit and making competition for specific ones a little bit less competitive. I'd argue that old Link Shells like strategy they like to know what works <laughs> old habits die hard yep indeed yeah. well a lot of really interesting information about uh wings of the goddess uh coming out at e3 and uh definitely everything that i've heard has just made me more and more excited and it looks like the projection for uh when wings of the goddess is going to hit is winter 2007 so uh look for it when snow hits the ground that means more updates at Tokyo Game Show. Yes, so uh, we're anxiously awaiting what news happens at Tokyo Game Show as well uh, as a date and location for the Fan Fest. And, uh, of course, we'll have all that information and anything else that's released about Wings of the Goddess or any updates about Final Fantasy XI right at our website, www.limitbreakradio.com. I want to thank Max V, your correspondence for, for all of the... Uh, the conventions uh, has just been fantastic, and uh, of course, we'll be talking to you about Tokyo Game Show. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, and of course, uh, thank you to Kahlo uh, for joining me. Uh, episode 24 is in the works. Make sure to look for that uh, coming out on on our website uh, very, very soon. Uh, look for an episode preview sometime uh, this week. It's a laugh and a half. Uh, I'm a Nero. Keep listening. Fantasy Tetramaster and Vonadeal are registered trademarks of Square Enix. Square Enix and Play Online are trademarks of Square Enix. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. 